Airline travel is down about 95% from a year ago. The four largest U.S. airlines are averaging just 17 passengers per domestic flight and 29 passengers per international flight. The Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, just dumped all of his airline stock. His 11% stake at Delta, 10% stake at American Airlines, 10% of Southwest, 9% of United. He couldn't stomach the volatility. Revenues were going down 90% for some of these companies. Q1 earnings are out. Although it doesn't paint the full picture of what the COVID-19 effects are on the airline industry, Q1's already looking pretty bleak. An engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They realize how things have changed and start a podcast. Hi, I'm Jed, the banker. I'm Shikhar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian, the dancer. And we are THC. We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed. So after listening to uh, Q1 2020 earnings, I learned a few things from what these companies were focusing on. So one is that a lot of them have produced negative pre-tax income, revenues down across the board uh, with the seven biggest airline companies, that's Delta, American Airlines, Southwest, United, Alaska. A lot of them have negative stock returns in 2020, some staggering numbers, Spirit and United above 70%, American and Delta above 60%, pretty staggering. Some of the things they were focusing on on the call were really to show them how strong their balance sheet is. I mean, operationally, we know that it's going to be a challenge for them. So the the income statement already looks bad, you know, really notably United um, and American Airlines uh, reported almost negative 2 million pre-tax income, pre-tax loss. Jeez. And on the balance sheet side, everybody was kind of showing that they have a really healthy balance sheet. Tell them how much cash they'll have. Tell them how much unencumbered assets is. So, so to, to just define unencumbered assets, an unencumbered asset you can think about as a car that you had paid off. So you don't have any more payments to it. You could think about it as a house that doesn't have any more mortgage payments. Basically, the creditor not having any claims to that asset, which means you know it's easier for you to sell. Um, it's easier for you to liquidate to use to fund your operations. You can see that they're really focused on solvency and pretty much optimizing operations to make sure that they don't have to pay too much so that they have a very small cash burn rate. Uh, That's one of the things everybody talked about uh, during these calls is that they had ridiculous daily cash burn rates. Y'all have any guesses of what the daily cash burn rate is for these airline companies? To get like an educated guess, you'd have to count all the variables. So storing airplanes, uh, all the uh, employees, uh, the overhead. We got um, the licenses for the airlines to uh, operate in different airports. Uh, what else? What else can you guys think of? They also spent a lot of money parking aircrafts because utilization is really low. They also have to retire planes earlier if they're not using them. It's a lot of cash to run daily. To give you an example, Delta, 
is burning about $50 million a day in Q2. That's what they're predicting. American Airlines um, could burn $70 million. Southwest, $65 million a day. They're fighting to stay alive and survive. The government is helping them out. The CARES Act outlined about $25 million for the airline companies. Don't they have like a condition there that the money that they get through the CARES Act, they need to ensure that they do not lay off employees? Yeah, that's the difficult part. So uh, there's a lot of controversy with this, right? Because they had laid off employees. So great point. Because during the calls as well, what they prioritized was saying how many employees voluntarily decided for an unpaid leave. Why was that possible for airlines? Wall enforced. Well, kind of, (laughs) right? Why was that possible for them? Well, it was possible because they had a lot of unions, mm. which I was like, I was, I was blown away by the amounts and the power of the unions in this. And they had negotiated to have their people take a voluntary unpaid leave, mm. right? Which every CEO called out during the earnings call. So that, that was super important for them. Uh, to give you an idea, like, for Delta, 37,000 employees voluntarily left right that's a third of the freaking workforce of delta right and they all range from like 30 days to an entire year they're trying to be so um operationally efficient yeah right by getting rid of certain things like operating expenses that aren't necessary and um capital expenditures that's one of the huge things that they have cut down they talked about that on all the calls as well they tried to reduce the amount of investment they were putting back into the company so that they could focus on stopping the bleeding of these companies right and one thing that's uh important here is Airlines, the whole industry is is cyclical. I mean, you see so many airlines that keeps coming, going out of business, coming back into business. None of us have seen anything like this. But airlines have seen earlier panics. Like in 2001, during 9-11, air travel was down big. Although the incident was in New York, people globally did not travel because that consumer confidence was low. But that came back in two months two to three months. It took a couple of months for that demand to come back. You've lost like 90 to 95% of your revenues. The only way to get the confidence back is, I guess, through testing. So it's not something like just improve security, improves your confidence like back in 2001. So such a different world within the airlines industry going forward. And these, and these airports are built basically to capacity. A lot of these big hub airports so already we have the issue and annoying security that we have to get through. So now on top of security, now they're going to have to have testing for temperature and any symptoms that people might have. And that's also going to be another bottleneck that will, who knows, might not ever get back to normal. Yeah. And one thing to add, uh, I was just reading this article on the Wall Street Journal with Robin Hayes, who's uh, the CEO of JetBlue. They are actually pitching some really interesting ideas where they're going to keep middle seats free for a while so that there's enough distance between the passengers. And he also mentioned that it's not going to be totally out of the picture where a person books the entire row to make sure no one is sitting next to him. So you're going to see like, I guess... Cabins being reconfigured and potentially prices increasing and how much is demand going to come back 
Yeah. I mean, Frontier Airlines, I don't know, that was up on the news a lot, but Frontier Airlines was charging a premium to make sure that the seat next to you was free. Was. They were. They got a lot of shit for, for, from the media for that because they, on average, their flights were like, what, 50 bucks a seat? And they were adding a $39 premium to have the seat next to you empty. Of course, people are choosing between money and safety, which yeah. is not cool. So everybody just like attacked Frontier and the Frontier CEO went out on TV and was like, yo, we're stopping that shit. Um, yeah. It's a bad decision. I mean, from their, their point of view, obviously they have their costs, so... They have to at least break even. Um, if you if you're at half capacity for a plane or two thirds, I don't know what the configuration will allow them to do. They're gonna have to offset those uh, same costs that they have with fuel and the load and uh, flying the planes uh, with less people being on the plane. So that makes sense. So I mean, if we think about it right now, right? You, you were talking about margins. They have to make their margins. I'll give you an idea. They already have, they already had prior to the crisis, right? Let's look at like Q1 2019. They already had super low margins to make, right? And let's talk about like pre-tax income margin, which is something that's super popular um, to talk about during these calls, right? All of them had less than like pretty much a 10% pre-tax income margin, right? All these companies. So they were already making so, so little on what they were spending. Operationally, none of them are efficient. It's a failing business, right? Um, so it's just important to think about they were already depressed on those margins. Now that this came, imagine how much more depressed they are. And they're all at negative right now for those um, pre-tax income margins, right? So Everybody reported losses. negative losses and the margin, right? Yeah. Super duper. And those tight margins are at a time when oil prices are relatively stable and low. There's, what were they at? They're like at 40, $35 right. per There's barrel. There's a caveat to that, right? Some of these airline companies hedge, actually they have a large treasury function for hedging on oil prices, which is. And they don't always, they don't always get it right though. I, I saw this uh, documentary on it. It was really interesting where they, they tried to, like you said, hedge. And when oil prices go down, they would buy, massive supplies and stock them in inventories. I don't know where, um, but it can, it, it could really bite them in the ass if they didn't time it right. A lot of them stopped doing that because they're just like, we can't, we can't predict, we can't really time the market. So we're just going to stop trying to hedge and play the game. The numbers are staggering. So airlines, it's, it's a really seasonal business, right? So you can compare one quarter to the the quarter of the year prior to that versus the directly the previous quarter versus Q4 2019 versus Q1 2020 won't give you an accurate picture of what yeah. that is because it's such a seasonal business, right? So what we did it was compare Q1 2020 and Q1 2019, right? Where the numbers were actually a little bit better in Q1 2019. So it probably was worse for Q4 uh, 2019 anyway. But to, to give you like an overall picture, right? If we're talking about that metric that they all use to report uh, the pre-tax income, for Alaska Airlines, they made uh, pre-tax income in Q1 2019 of um, $6 million, right? Pretty small, don't have a huge balance sheet, right? In Q1 2020, they reported a loss of $317 million, right? So they went from $6 million to to negative $317 million. That's almost a five thousand percent decrease. 
across the industry, everybody experienced high numbers for this triple digits, at least for a negative percentage, right? That they had all reduced. I mean, Spirit was the funniest. They made 72 million in Q1 2019. <laughs> they lost 75 million in Q1 2020. So um, it's almost a 200% decrease, but it was almost exactly what they had lost. So just thinking about these numbers, right? These are just staggering for them. This is only Q1 2020. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Because the most informative that we're going to see out of these earnings are going to be in Q2 2020. Next quarter. Right? Because yeah. that's when the entire quarter um, was plagued by COVID-19 shutdowns, right? Although it's coming back slowly for other, um, well, on the stock market, it looks that way. But for other other parts of the state that are allowing travel now and um, they're going through these practices to reopen the economy, um, we're going to see more of what the effects of the um, the leadership was in Q1 2020. So I was talking about cash burn earlier today because that's typically what all the analysts are worried about. Um, and let me let me give you a little bit of an idea of what they're burning daily or what they predict to burn daily um, in Q2 2020, right? So some of the biggest. So Delta. Delta predicts that they're going to burn $50 million a day daily. American Airlines is burning $70 million a day. Southwest, $65 million. United, $45 million. And Alaska was too much of a bitch. They didn't even report the daily <laughs> cash burn. Even if even if they were asked during the, the call, hey, like, what's your daily cash burn rate? Like, yeah, you know, we had it $260 million a month, like in March. But we didn't we didn't give any forward guidance, and we're not going to. So it's like, obviously, you have to think about the daily cash burn rate as something that analysts are watching because it's so important to the solvency of the company, right? If they're burning seventy million dollars a day for operations, and this is already down from what they were initially thinking about, you have to think about the risk of having of owning a stock that's like that, right? That ha- that is just burning straight up cash, yeah. seventy million a day. So it's a huge impact. So if you think about it, like per month, that 70 million turns into 2.1 billion. So that's a significant effect. And you see all these loans that they're getting, these grants from the government in the billions and the five billions. It's not going to be enough, dude. So the government, yeah, is should have an obligation and should want to help these airlines stay, you know, because we, we depend on them so much for for business, for vacations, for the beach. Uh, industry and we have to we're such a global uh, world right now that we're so global our economy is so globally connected that we need airlines to survive basically and keep the economy going what happens if these airlines get all these uh these handouts and then they go bankrupt it's like all that money is wasted it's just we gotta keep printing out that money we have to think about it this way we're bailing out because we fear that they're going to lay off a bunch of people and the American economy is going to go under, right? That's already happening right now. So really it's not going to do much. We thought about these bailouts with the idea that these companies were going to restructure and have to lay off a bunch of people. Uh, One CEO said, I don't remember which CEO it was, but he mentioned if we see a 90% decrease in demand, you can see a 90% decrease in their, in their actual uh, operations. That's just the direct relationship to this. They're very dependent on demand. So they're at the whims, right? So if we think about this that way and think when a company goes bankrupt, does it mean that they lay off all the employees? That's not the case. That's not always the case. 
Chumath, who was who's been famous the past few days, yeah. uh, yeah. social capital founder guy. Let the them fail. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who said let them fail, right? And his it's a free his, market. What's that? It's a free market. It is a free market. So if we can let them succeed so blatantly, aggressively, blatantly like that, and doing all these um, these buybacks and let them getting compensated millions of dollars regardless of the operations of their company. We have to let them fail as well, right? Because who are they saving? Who did, did they lay off their leadership? It's not always the case, man. A lot of them kept their leadership. They laid off the people who were most at risk, um, lower waging earning people because yeah. they're not part of leadership. So that's another thing that we need to put into this is that it, it doesn't mean that if we let them go bankrupt, they necessarily lay off everybody. In fact, this happens in Europe a lot. A lot of airline companies specifically will go bankrupt and then take assistance from the government, file for chapter 11, and then go back in operations three years later. Yeah. So it it's a cyclical thing and they should have maybe thought about the possibility of letting them go bankrupt. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I mean, very similar to 50 Cent, he declared uh, bankruptcy and he was in the next episode of Power. So yeah, I mean, I mean, what a return. <laughs> Talk about we, we, we recovery or Played whatever. the game. Yeah. <laughs> So, so going back to kind of the macro look of the airline industry, what, how do the different uh, quarters uh, season look like? Uh, what are the best performing quarters? I would assume the summer, spring months when people are traveling for vacation are strongest uh, around holidays. Um, so, what, so Q2 was supposed to be the strongest and that's going to be coming up. So that will be a big hit for the airlines. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about like how informative they'll be, right? Q2 will be the best because we'll we'll already see like what amount of what is the best case scenario for this virus. So will they make it better than they did in Q1 without all these companies reporting ridiculous pre-tax losses? We'll see what that looks like. And they've changed a lot of things significantly in March when they had found out that this was going to affect the traveling leisure industry, right? A lot of these companies are already operating internationally, and they were aware of this ever since Italy got hit in February. The changes to their operations will reflect mostly because, okay, so I was talking about cash burn, right? If they can reduce the cash burn to, well, everybody talks about, oh, we got to reduce the cash burn to zero by December. Like, that's going to be such a hard thing to do if, if they don't change the operational efficiency of these companies. That means getting rid of staff. That means getting rid of certain flights that are expensive and that don't make sense. That means, by the way, stopping the new openings that they'll have all over the world, mm. right? United was going to go back to Africa and open a bunch of other airports over there, but that's not going to happen anymore. They say they're going to try to continue, but that's something that's hard to tell right now because CapEx, uh, mainly things that they're spending to grow um, the companies are very, very small. So it's a hard thing to predict at this point. That's why people are watching this cash burn daily metric, right? Another thing, as I was talking about earlier, the unencumbered assets piece, they're pointing this out on every call because they want the investors to know that, hey, listen, we got cash. We got balance sheet to survive this. That's why these two things come together, unencumbered assets, cash burn daily. Those are balance sheet versus income statement factors, right? And what they're reconciling is with, they're going to use their assets now to subsidize the company's survival it's it, it it's going to be a, a black hole to try to prev to predict what's going to happen to these companies but generally companies with really weak balance sheets are going to experience a crazy loss right yeah. a lot of them were hustling in q1 to try to get additional funding 
try to get additional cash, open up credit lines with with banks and everything so that they can be secure in their operations. That's what they're all looking at now. So it is a balance sheet play, boys. So are we going to see certain airlines structuring or part, uh, or buying out other airlines? Um, not amongst the big players, right? These big players have announced great unencumbered assets. So if it comes to it, they will sell, sell, or sorry, sell, sell, sell um, equipment that they have on their balance sheets. They will retain operations. These players don't have enough cash to buy each other out. (laughs) Mm. So it's not between themselves. Maybe a private equity company with a shit ton of cash will start getting into airlines, but why would they? The biggest fucking investor, Warren Buffett, who owned about 20% in about four of the largest airline stocks fucking just let loose of everything, right? Just he divested all from all yeah. these air stocks. He is the airlines guy. In 2008, exactly. he put in so much money into the airlines industry. What is it? 10% of Delta, 10%, 15% of American, 15% of United. He had his money in all these airlines. And for him to let go of all his stock just shows what confidence the Warren Buffett has in airlines as an industry going forward. I mean, you you guys listened to his call and that was that was scary, dude. Yeah. That guy said I made a mistake and I was like, oh <laughs> god damn. <laughs> 50 billion dollar mistake. Yeah, it's Huge. a pretty expensive mistake, but they got a lot of cash, they'll be yeah. fine. But yeah, I mean, when we're looking at these companies and if if you're looking to get into the airline industry anytime soon, be very cautious and uh, keep in mind that it is is a balance sheet game. Keep in mind that the way that these companies will will fix operational efficiency will be their savior. There's nothing else. Balance sheet and the way they optimize all this. Thanks for listening to Things Have Changed. Be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and follow us on our Instagram at THC underscore pod. We're going to see you next time.